0: Hello, I can see you through the window. You look very nice today. Why don't you come out and play? Nothing bad could happen, could it?
1: It's turned real creepy.
0: If you're not coming out, then I'm coming in. Very creepy. I'm right behind you. You smell wonderful. hello everyone and welcome to the podcast we are the devils who have been released for your auditory pleasure this is episode 11 this is the devils in the podcast and we are a production of the devils in the detail steam curator who also have a wonderful discord server and if you want to support us as a listener you can find us at patreon.com forward slash d-i-t-d I am Gadget Guy, your host as always, and with me today is Manos and AI. Manos, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Excellent to hear. AI, how about you? Doing all right. Excellent. So, of course, this is a video gaming podcast, so I want to know what kind of video games you've been playing. Manos, what have you been playing?
2: Not as much this week, because I actually had a bit of a migraine and a lot of work to do, so... I did play a little bit of Anthem and I did play a little bit of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but not much of either.
0: Oh, okay. How about you, AI?
1: Uh, I haven't played a lot. I mean, I uh, was mostly playing with levels, uh, with golf with your friends, um, and then played some of the Mario All-Stars on Switch and then some visual novels on Steam.
2: Oh yeah, I was actually along for couple of rounds, golf with your friends. That was
0: fun. It was. I'm glad to hear you guys had fun. I've been playing Hades. Sorry, would you say
1: uh, AI? I said, if you have golf with your friends, you should join us.
0: I do have golf with your friends and I would love to at some point. Uh, So I've been playing Hades ever since it came out of 1.0. Man, that game is amazing. Glad you like it. So much little, you know, small details and polish. I just can't believe it. Like every, like Hypnos has like, uh... He, he has, like, a line every time I die to something new. It's crazy. And then there's an actual, like, story progressing as I die. The characters are pretty memorable, like uh, ex-girlfriend Meg the Fury. Oh, yeah. Man, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. How
2: far have you gotten?
0: Uh, I just got to Elysium. Oh, that's nice. So I don't know how far that is.
2: I actually wouldn't know either because I only know how far that was back way before 1.0 came out but they added so much so
0: I have to replay it myself to find out. I also love just how there's constantly new stuff I mean yeah exactly. I've like I just met Dion- Dionysus and I thought that was all the gods but then I met Hermes and I thought that was all the gods. But then I met mean, Aphrodite, it's just like, I can't believe how many gods there are in here. Yeah, that's
2: amazing. They actually kept expanding the Pantheon uh, throughout the development
0: uh, on the road to 1.0. Yeah, and now I just got like a superpower from Poseidon, which is pretty cool. Yeah, Poseidon has I mean, all those knockback effects.
2: Those are pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, because like, I got the his god power, which I use with like right trigger.
2: That's pretty cool. Yeah, one thing I also find very interesting, which caught me a bit by surprise, and I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but it's not uh, plot relevant, but um, since it's a roguelite, you are doing the same boss fights over and over, and after a while, I think on my, maybe it was the 10th attempt or something like that, the first boss fight actually changed, and was a different boss that I got to fight.
0: Oh wow, that that's actually pretty interesting, I can't wait when I get there because that'll be amazing. Alrighty. On to our first topic. Uh, Xbox buys ZeniMax. Uh, ZeniMax, for those of you who don't know, is the parent company to Bethesda. Uh, And I can see why Xbox has a lot of reason to buy it. First of all, their games are incredibly popular. And second of all, they were working on game streaming technology which is something that Xbox wants to put a lot of time into.
2: Yeah, I think in the long run, it's also probably going to benefit the customers because Bethesda is not only famous for putting out great games, but also infamous for putting them out way too early in a very bugged state. And I don't think Microsoft will handle it the same way. And they'll probably make sure that there's a bit more
0: quality control in there. Yeah, i definitely say so. Xbox has had a pretty good run so far this year. Plus, it's uh, probably
2: going to mean that a lot of new Bethesda games are going to end up on Game Pass, so...
0: Hey, that's Xbox. never a bad thing. I mean, yeah. Doom Eternal come into ba- Game Pass October 1st. Yeah, it's amazing. Rip, rip and tear. I so, yeah, great
1: things from this, so I'm excited.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I... I for the consumer, I don't see any downside to this. Plus, especially Xbox has been pretty pro-consumer lately by like porting all their games from PC to Xbox and vice versa. And I just think they're they're really looking towards making a really strong foundation of customer relationships. Because yeah. I mean, if you're looking at buying an Xbox or a PS5 or whatever they are in the future, and it's like Sony, who's pretty much stayed quiet and kept Spider-Man on PS5 or whatever you're playing with it in the future, or Xbox, who like gives you Game Pass for like 10 bucks a month with like 200 games. And you know, even if you're not an Xbox player and you're a PC player, you can play all the games they come out with. So...
2: I mean, if I had to decide between an Xbox Series X and a PlayStation 5, I'd definitely go for the PlayStation 5, because all the new Xbox games will also be coming to PC, and most of the time on day one, so there's really not much incentive to get the xbox but if you want to get all the xbox exclusive games and you can't invest into a pc or you don't know much about pc hardware or something like that then i definitely say especially the series s which is pretty cheap is uh, probably the way to go so it basically depends still depends on the exclusives but if you have a gaming pc i don't think there's much incentive to buy an xbox
0: yeah although i will say i kind of think that not being able to play PlayStation games on uh, on PC is kind of anti-consumer
2: yeah definitely but even Sony has started to open a little bit up uh, in that regard like uh, with horizon zero dawn yeah coming to PC and probably there will be more in the future because Sony let's face it has to keep up
0: yeah honestly I think that Demon's Souls announcement was an accident uh, but is it's true but it was an accident so early I definitely yeah. think Demon's Souls will come to PC um, but I, I, I think they released the also coming to PC too early.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's uh, what we talked about last episode. I was going to say last week, but since it came out so late this time, uh, a couple of days ago basically for the listeners. But yeah, I think uh, Sony definitely needs to work on the PlayStation Now uh, part of their business because in theory it's the same as the Game Pass, but it's really inferior in terms of the games that they offer and um considering that it's not on PC not even like um the EA Play thing that is uh on Steam as a reduced product with less games but still has a very good um worth for your money because it's so cheap um not even that uh is present with PlayStation Now so PlayStation Plus, I don't Now know pretty much worthless compared to Game Pass, and I think yeah. they need to work on that.
0: Plus, just looking at a, uh, a value standpoint, if I remember correctly, I don't know how long to last, but xCloud for the like Android and eventually iOS is free with Game Pass. So you're actually getting two things, because you can like install the games on your PC with Game Pass, but then you can like continue playing that game on the go with your xcloud so i just think that's like that's a major value right there for like 10 bucks a month
2: i mean i don't know exactly how xcloud works but there is um playstation remote which works pretty well actually so there is that option but it's not like it's obvious that you can use it you gotta do some
0: research on how it works best and yeah i mean the xcloud from what i'm aware is just an app you poke it, you put in your login details, and off you go. You're playing anything in their XCloud library, which is most of the stuff on Game Pass, from what I remember. I see. So that's pretty cool. So yeah.
2: you, it's basically like the Netflix app on phone. You stream from the Microsoft servers.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's it, pretty I mean, amazing. It, that's pretty amazing. It's, it's great the... for people with a commute.
2: Yeah, because the, the PlayStation remote thing, you play things that are installed on your console, so...
0: not the Yeah, same. no, you don't even need this installed on your PC, basically. As long as you've got Game Pass, you're good to go. It's just like auto-installed and streamed onto your device.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: That is pretty cool. So... Plus, I mean, it was a total bro-move by Microsoft with Sony. The fact that they let them have a Deathloop timed exclusivity Oh, and Ghostwire Tokyo, because they could have just been like, "Nope, we own it now." But that was like a total bro move. So maybe that was just like, maybe it was like an olive branch to Sony, being like, "Hey, you know, we'll we'll let you have this, but maybe think about bringing more of your stuff to PC, okay?"
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty surprised in general by how Microsoft handles their ex- acquisitions, which is always at least in recent years, has always been pretty pro-consumer because I keep bringing it up, but I was so surprised that when um, Microsoft bought Minecraft that the updates were still coming to the PlayStation versions and everything was working the same as on the con- uh, on the Xbox and on PC. Uh, I really didn't see that coming because I thought like that they would uh, say that uh, support for Minecraft on PlayStation would continue for a year and then it would stop or something like that.
0: Yeah, now if only Windows ten could be pro consumer and not a piece of crap. True. Cause that it really is. Also, yeah. I it was so funny, man. I just realized so if you'll remember, um, Microsoft bought In Exile Studios, which has become famous for Wasteland 2 and 3. So the reason In Exile made Wasteland 2 and 3 was because they wanted to make a Fallout game, but couldn't because they didn't own fallout or any licensing rights. Oh yeah, I didn't now. Think about that. Now in Exile is under the parent company that owns Fallout. So that means they can finally make their dream Fallout game.
1: That'll be interesting.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be really awesome because I mean, with Wasteland 3, that was received really well. So I would love to see, like, either a spinoff or maybe a continuation of the more RPG-esque, like, top-down, or I guess, guess I should say isometric uh, Fallout. Because there's definitely s- still a market for it since Wasteland 3 did so well.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Encased is another game that tried to hop on that um, train and do the same thing, do a classic Fallout. Um, back when I reviewed it, it wasn't... It, it was way too far from finished and it wasn't quite there yet, uh, but I could definitely see the potential. And if Bethesda is now under, under the same mantle and uh, it can be an actual Fallout spin-off or continuation or prequel or whatever, yeah, that's going to be great.
0: Oh man. And Microsoft owns Obsidian. Also true. New Vegas 2. I mean, it's one of the most popular FPS fallouts. I mean there are only two well, actually three because fallout 4 but i forgot about that one uh, <laughs> because of its really good rpg story sort of like the isometric version but it still got really good fps gameplay so that i mean i think i saw a tweet where someone was like oh, new vegas 2 and uh obsidian was teasing like who knows <laughs> like, <laughs> Ah, so.
2: traversal opinion. I actually like follow three a little bit more than New Vegas,
0: but New Vegas is still a great game. I will say I did enjoy the world of uh, washington, d c better than New Vegas when I was playing New Vegas because it just felt more mysterious and wastelandy. But I would definitely say the story is one hundred percent better in New Vegas. Um, yeah I I mean if you just follow the the
2: main plot the the main story then New Vegas is definitely superior but Fallout 3 has so much off the beaten path and so much optional content that you can easily miss out on but that makes the game so much better in my opinion I mean the ending was shit granted um, because you couldn't send in one of the people who was immune to the radiation (laughs) but um, yeah that sounds
0: pretty stupid
2: yeah like i said um the issue i have with new vegas is uh that um the main quest actually takes you along most of the map if you just follow the main plot you have uncovered most of the map while in fallout 3 it's just a tiny fraction and you have so much left to discover and so many great side quests and so much additional content fair Um, enough there's so much in there that makes it in my op- uh, opinion superior
0: to new vegas i will say when I, p- I remember playing fallout 3 i was always blown away by all the little details like finding the uh little story if you just because like there are buildings you can enter and i just found accidentally found the little side story where it was like the two women were staying with that sleazy dude because like he was really good at killing stuff but I got like an altercation with him or something like that, and ended up killing him, and they hated me. So, that oh, was yeah. that was pretty interesting as side stories go.
2: There's a lot of hidden side content, and uh, some of it even opens new options and dialogue. Like there's this one quest where um, uh, comic book type superhero is fighting with a comic book type super villain, and you have several dialogue options that partly depend on the perks your character has like if you have the child at heart perk you have new dialogue options that can change the outcome of the story and if you get uh well i i think the black widow perk also influences one of the
0: yeah because you can you can be pretty mean to women if i remember correctly or men depending upon which one you choose that too but
2: um on top of all the perks that Add new dialogue options that you can completely miss out on that you won't even know are there if you don't have the perks. Uh, which is why I think that some people think that Fallout 3 is quite limited because they just didn't see all the options. Um, on top of all yeah. the perks, there's also dialogue options that you can unlock by, I don't know, like stealing one of the superhero costumes or something like that. Or there's one. Building that has been publishing all these comics, where you can read a particular comic uh, about the superhero or the supervillain involved in that uh, quest line in that side quest, um, that you don't have to visit at all, and that you can easily miss out on, that adds a completely new dialogue branch. And such details are just so amazing. I
0: do have to say, it was it was pretty. I guess I just say, pretty brave of them since they made an option where you could blow up the first like hub of the game yeah
2: a lot of people complain about that because it's such a um mustache twirly villain move just blowing up an entire city just to be evil um but i mean it it did change the entire world it allowed you to erase complete quest lines by blowing up the quest givers and I think it was a pretty brave move, and I think it makes sense in a way as well because the wasteland is quite unforgiving. And if you want the apartment in what was it, Pennywise Town? I don't know what it's called, <laughs> but um, it does give you some benefits, and you don't really need to connect to the people in the town. So in in Megaton, so it does make some sense if you're trying to roleplay. Yeah, I just
0: and thought anything- it was pretty. I don't think like so criticism is fair,
2: because uh, like we talked about in one of the other episodes, a lot of people complain that you can't kill children in Fallout 3 because you could in the first two games, which to be fair, the first two games, Bethesda was basically nobody at that time. There wasn't yeah. a lot of attention on them. They could dare and get away with everything they wanted. So with Fallout 3, of course, they would be more cautious to not get their game banned because a lot of money was at stake. Sure. But On the one hand, complaining that the Megaton nuking is so uh, cliché villain, just being evil for evil's sake, and then complaining that you can't kill children to get into Little Lamplight, which doesn't doesn't even make sense because there was still a wall in the way and they had to open it, so killing them
0: wouldn't have gotten you anywhere. It's kind of uh, ironic. Although technically you do probably kill all the children in Megaton if you blow up the nuke. Yeah, I'm trying to
2: remember if there are any children there.
0: I think are like it's maybe like one or two. Kids. Yeah, there's. Uh, it
1: l- it isn't villainous?
0: Like, there's not a ton, but yeah, I mean, still technically, if that's your goal for some reason, not a ton and megaton, you're you're still kind of hitting that goal. But I I don't know. I've uh I've never personally been one to play games to kill children, but yeah, same. Hey, you know, if it keeps you a decent person in real life, all power to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that most people who complain about that are just complaining about a lack of options and don't actually care much about killing children. I, at Probably least like to think that. Yeah, I like to think that. <laughs> but it's but it's still kind of hypocritical to complain that the megaton nuking doesn't make any sense, but the children of killing was somehow necessary. So. I don't know
0: what what which is it. You can't have both. Yeah, I don't know, man. It just ha- you know. It's unfortunately, you know, video games. And when you have any sort of group of people who are really passionate about anything, sometimes uh, I, I feel like their their passion can be misguided into hate. Yeah. Plus, because... there's
2: actually a lot more options available in Fallout 3 than people give it credit for. Starting in the in the very first mission, where you have to escape the vault, um, there's this scene where um, your childhood friend Amata gets interrogated, and most people will go in there and either kill the the, the guard that interrogates her because he's threatening to hurt her, or just leave or something like that but you actually have the uh, the option at the very start of the game uh, or rather at the very start of the escape sequence when you meet amata to give her your weapon so that she can fight for herself and when you then reach that interrogation scene and you just hide and watch through the window she will actually kill that guy and she won't blame you for it which she normally does so there's a lot of hidden options in the game that most people probably aren't even aware of but they're complaining that you don't have any options in the game
0: yeah I mean I guess it also comes down to like uh, a lack of time like if all you're seeing is the main quest and you don't have time to play it again or don't want to you know you are technically missing out on stuff but um, yeah I don't know I honestly just don't know what to say yeah fair enough. I mean, again, if you're just following
2: the main plot on the main storyline in Fallout 3, then you uncover about, I guess, a third of the map. Well, in New Vegas, you uncover about 75% of the map. So, yeah, I think there's a lot more hidden content in Fallout 3, that, which is probably the problem for some people, that they haven't even seen most of the content, and so they yeah. think there's too little content.
0: And I mean, I I guess I can't, like I said, blame them entirely, considering, you know, we all got jobs and work and everything else. And, you know, if something's hidden and you're just trying to enjoy your game and you want to hear the stories of the main characters, then you're going to miss out on something.
2: Yeah, fair enough. But that doesn't seem to stop people from playing
0: Skyrim for 5000 hours. I mean, you got (laughs) me there. I don't know what to say in that regard, but I don't know, man. I don't know just think that Fallout 3 is a
2: little bit unfairly maligned, and New Vegas is a very, very great game, but I like Fallout 3 a little bit more. Just a tiny bit.
0: How dare you? No, I'm joking, I don't care.
2: I don't know if you know, but you probably do. Um, There's a huge mod that if you own both games, um, it's called Tale of Two Wastelands, where you can play both games in succession, and you have the the karma system of Fallout Three and the reputation system of Fallout New Vegas, so the best of both both worlds in all regards,
0: which is pretty amazing. I love that mod. Yeah, honestly, that does sound absolutely amazing because that it really because really, yeah. they really do sort of feel like two sides of the same story.
2: Yeah, I mean, and so. they they're built on the same engine after all, and um, came out relatively shortly after each other, so
0: yeah so i uh, i can totally see why it would be awesome to continue with your case, especially because you like you love your character like you you go to love your character and then it's just like bye you don't get the character anymore but now it's like you get to take your character on a whole another adventure i mean that's pretty cool
2: yeah especially if you hate the ending of fallout 3 because even if uh, even after they patched in the uh, the possibility to send the mutant or the uh what was the other guy a robot in who are immune to radia- yeah. radiation? The same narration will happen where you uh, sacrifice yourself, or, or n- oh no, I don't. I think the game calls you a coward for sending someone else in, even though they are immune, and then you walk just off. So the game still ends, and you can't free roam after you finish the game. And if you hate that, and you play a Tale of Two Wastelands, then you finish the game, and then you hop into uh, Metro or something like that, and ride to the Mojave Desert and then you get shot in the head and lose some of your memory and it somehow makes sense they connected it really well
0: that's great i'm glad to hear that they you know were able to make it really engaging in terms of like a a a combination because i definitely could have seen that it would be a bit of a disappointment because i mean look you're. i mean they're not exactly the same story so to but to have it combined so eloquently is really very nice because now you just get that really awesome experience except you get it one right after the other.
2: Yeah, exactly. It could have felt a lot more disconnected than it actually does. The only thing that's a bit um uh, I don't know that doesn't fit the lore and kind of takes you out of it is that you can go to the world of New Vegas early. So you don't have to finish Fallout 3 to go there. You just have to reach that train station. um, And you can travel back. So that's great in terms of freedom of gameplay, but that does kind of break the story for both games.
0: Yeah, that really does. Well, I think we've talked about Bethesda games long enough. True, true. Uh, Let's uh, let's talk about No Man's Sky 3.0 update which is called Origins. It apparently doubles the amount of planet variety and sort of content. And I don't know, I like No Man's Sky. It's very just relaxing in terms of gameplay. Pretty much once you get past the rather annoying beginning planet where you're always dying from not having enough energy or something. But I think it's really cool because... I really wish they had just put the game in early access because man it is turning into a great game and if they just put it in like early access or something man it would not have been as absolutely bashed as it was at the beginning though it really did deserve it
2: yeah truly did I mean um, this 3.0 3.0 update was it announced or released
0: both. Oh, it was wow. announced last week, and it was just released, uh, like Tuesday. Because guess, for me, it two feels weeks like desolation
2: wasn't that long ago.
0: It wasn't. I, it definitely was not that long ago. It was only like a couple months ago, and makes you uh, makes you hope that it wasn't rushed. Origins. I mean, no, I mean, I, I've been keeping up on it because, like I said, I, I did enjoy the game, and I wanted to know, like, hey, is it any good? And from what I've read, it's actually pretty good. You know a lot of the problem with the game was that it was feeling pretty samey to the veterans and now they have more things to do and more content which is you know always a positive in any yeah game. i
2: wonder if they added the ocean planets that i think it was tfx talked about that he was waiting you,
0: for you know I have I don't know honestly I don't think they have added them in but I do know that they added in the giant sandworms yeah that were a cool. much requested feature um, that they I'm had sure. said we're gonna be in at launch again one of the reasons it was hated was because they said there was gonna be way too much stuff at launch especially for a small indie team but anyway um, yeah fair enough but yeah they actually added giant sand worms and stuff now so that's pretty awesome.
2: At some point I need to get the game. I mean, I did play it. Um, I did not have a cracked version at some point.
0: Yeah, honestly, I really, its it's gone for like 20 bucks. And I would say that it's personally, from what I've played, worth like 20 bucks. Even if like the game runs out of, I mean, I guess they just added twice as much content, but even if the game does run out of content for you, like, oh, I don't know like 60 hours in I mean still it's it's
2: pretty good value
0: plus I mean it's kind of one of those games where it's got a story but it's really up to you to sort of make make your own fun because like once you get a goal you're pretty much once you hit the end of the story you're pretty much done but also like there's still so much left in the universe to explore because there's, it's just huge and they've just added like they've just tripled the size of the universe because of all this content they added so i would definitely say especially like it, because if you have the humble choice discount it'll go like 20 bucks on there so then it's actually only like 16. uh it's definitely worth it from what i've played yeah sounds
2: like it i mean i i didn't want to buy it um when i actually played it because that was relatively shortly after launch and i just knew
0: how unfinished and and devoid of content it was so and i understand that it really it really was terrible when it came out but i have to say i'm
2: initially but i i i would agree from what i've heard and what i've seen that it does look like it's uh, a lot better now and probably worth more than 20 bucks so at 20 bucks I should get it at some
0: point I mean yeah it's, it, plus not only that but they've added multiplayer so like you and I could potentially play and they've got desolation which is like basically dead space wait what I, I thought it was a multiplayer game from the start just uh, no it really wasn't they lied about that it, it was not a multiplayer game two players found the exact same planet and could not see each other. I read about that. They pretended like you could
2: run into someone randomly, but you're really good.
0: Yeah, but now you actually, there's actual multiplayer. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's honestly pretty neat. Um, But yeah, the uh, the Desolation...
2: So at this point, compared to Astroneer, it's probably the better choice.
0: Honestly, they're both good, and they have different reasons for existence. Fair enough like astroneer is more if you like sort of the sort of semi-complex semi-simplistic nature of it like you just plug one thing into the next thing and boom you're good to go whereas like it's more linear and progression based whereas you know the you know no man's sky is definitely way more focused on just the the splendor of exploration yeah it's a giant sandbox basically oh yeah definitely and you know it's uh, like I said they both have their reasons for existing they're both very fun games but they both have different audiences for a good reason
2: plus with how colorful is, and with the no man's sky desolation update and potentially at some points ocean planets uh, it's probably the better choice for TFX because it's more gray
0: it is more gray honestly is definitely more gray, so that would be the better choice for him. But I think for everyone else, you know, it's okay not to be gray, and and we will still accept you for not loving gray games like TFX. He he's kind of like a oh what can I say? he's sort of he's out the paragon
2: there. of gray games.
0: He uh, yes, actually that is a better way to put it. Yes, he's the paragon of gray games. I don't think I've known anyone who loves gray games as much as that man,
2: and I respect him for that.
0: I do, too, but that just means he's sadly going to miss out on non-gray games because, like, like No Man's Sky and Astroneer are I mean, I mean, not he's... especially gray. He's trying to expand his um,
2: his horizon a little bit, bit by bit, so he's now playing games that are gray with one added color, like beats per mi- uh, bullets per minute.
0: <laughs> with one added color. <laughs> I don't know if that's any better, honestly.
2: Well, one color at a time. In in half a year or so, it's going to be gray with two added colors, I guess.
0: Hey, you know, that's true. You know, take baby steps. Don't uh, don't kill yourself, just take baby steps, you know. And for him, it's expanding his for- horizons of gray games.
2: I mean, we gotta ease him into, into colorful games so that
0: he can play games like golf with your friends with us. Yes. Very true. I mean... I mean, a golf ball's kind of gray. Could you? Could Not in cute. that game. Oh well. I mean, you can man. make it gray, I guess. You can make it gray. Oh, see, so he just has to make the ball gray, and then maybe he'll play it. So maybe uh, maybe golf with your friends will be a viable option for him. But yeah, No Man's Sky 3.0. If you enjoyed No Man's Sky, but you were looking for more no man's sky and we're disappointed there weren't any guess what now there is more so i guess continue to play it i don't know if it will convince anyone to buy it but yeah it's cool for people who own it.
2: Is it just more variety of planets and more resources to farm and all that or does it expand the uh storyline that exists
0: from what i'm aware it mainly just expands the a uh, variety of planets and things for the exploration oh, aspect, which is well, like I said, too. really the which is really the main sort of loop, honestly. Which is uh, a fun loop if you enjoy that kind of thing, but if you don't, you're probably not going to enjoy the game, and this probably won't be the convincing, you know, moment for you to buy it. But anyway, on to the next topic. The game awards were just announced for December 10th. I personally have enjoyed the Game Awards greatly, and I always love it whenever they show up again.
2: Yeah, same. I'm just afraid that with all the delays this year, they don't have too much to talk about.
0: Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe they were all delayed so much that they're all going to be here at the Game Awards. Yeah, fair enough. Because, I mean, normally it's sort of a showcase right before Christmas. So they're like, hey, look at this cool game. Buy this cool game. But now, because everything's been delayed till like, 2021 and stuff like that, maybe they're more like, hey, look at this game that's coming out in a year. It got delayed, but it's still alive. Which, you know, is more fun, in my opinion, at least. Mm -hmm. More fun mm -hmm. than...
2: A couple of games that were delayed are definitely coming out before that, and one game in particular was even moved forward. If I don't remember incorrectly, Valhalla was moved forward by a yes, week. yes,
0: by a whole week. Wow! I know, man. I just don't know what to do, man. Like Ubisoft breaking the mold, you know, making yeah, just... games not delayed instead of making them <laughs> come out sooner. I mean, that's pretty—it's pretty newish, I guess, a new concept.
2: Yeah, I just hope that doesn't mean that there was much more crunch involved.
0: Oh, there totally was. (laughs) You know there was. (laughs) I mean, it's just unfortunately the nature of the current video game industry. I say current because I hope that someday it will get changed just for the sake of their friends and families. But
2: Well, not unless we stop paying them up front and all that.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think that they should definitely have a union of some kind. Yeah, definitely. Cuz yeah, yeah, crunch is honestly terrible in any job, let alone one that is just that bad like or I should say one that requires that much crunch time.
2: Yeah, exactly. And this is this is a is an industry where companies like Rockstar brag about doing 120-hour
0: weeks. I mean, that's just... You're going to kill someone. It just... Yeah. Like I said, there's crunch in other industries, but seriously, game design just takes it to the next level, or the game industry. I mean, 120 hours. My God, where is your time to sleep? Like, I, I, like, is that throughout... Did you see that in, like, a five-day span? Or is that, like...
2: I don't think they have weekends, to be honest.
0: Oh, uh, I wouldn't I mean, know. Seriously, like... I don't know how I could do that job if no I were in shoes. one is forced to technically I mean just if yeah, you but do also you no one, one is no one is forced to live and feed their families <laughs> like
2: yeah, I and I mean with all the um, sexual harassment allegations and with all the crunch and all the other stuff that's going on at Ubisoft, I'm really tempted to just buy their games used, to not support them. But then there's the issue that I need them on Steam in order to review them, and I want my collection on Steam, so I'm a bit torn. So I wait for big discounts. Well, I'm not
0: going to get for now unless uh... Airhorn's website comes out.
2: Yeah, I mean we're working on it, but um, I-, I still kind of want to own most of my games on Steam.
0: No, I understand that completely. Yeah. Well, I mean they're not even on Steam these days.
2: Yeah, on or you play, but then I can't get them used either. So. I'm just gonna wait for yeah, the discounts like, and
0: bundles and stuff
2: like that. I'm not gonna get Valhalla day one.
0: Yeah, I don't think I will either. I don't I don't know. I don't know what I did, but I don't know, I just don't feel as excited for Valhalla and Watchdog's Legion anymore. I feel like they held their cards too close to their chest for too long. Yeah, true. Because I really really want to like enjoy their games but i don't even know what they look like because i really was excited for Watch Dogs legion but they just keep showing the exact thing over and over and over again yeah that's true it's and it's kind just of really hard to say excited when it's just like hey you can recruit grandmas and i'm like yo you showed me that like a year ago what else do you have and they're like you can recruit grandmas and it's like okay dude you don't i'm just afraid that you don't have anything left in you at this point so like i don't even care
1: yeah it's like i kind of feel like they're trying to build hype for it but they're going about it the wrong way
0: oh yeah 100 percent like valhalla like oh man the amount of dribs and drabs like oh man if they had actually had like a gameplay trailer when they said gameplay trailer like oh man my hype would have been like really high yeah. But then they just showed off like three minutes, so three seconds of gameplay. You know, I, I still like, didn't see them. I another die, but still, like, I I was like, nah, man, like I'm not, like, ain't nobody got and time I, for this. And I mean, they did
2: some good things with Valala, to be fair, but they're just presenting it in a completely wrong way. Like, for example, uh, playing Odyssey right now. I kind of hate the fact that if an enemy is too strong and you sneak up on them and try to stealth kill them they just survive being stabbed in the neck. <laughs> yeah. And in Valhalla yeah, you was, have, have, this, have this um this quick type event kind of thing like if you try to stealth kill an enemy who is much stronger than you then you have a circle that gets uh, that contracts and if you hit it at the right at just the right time it gets stronger. I don't know if it's actually insta kills them or if it just does more damage which in many cases will then kill them but um it's it's progress at least
0: yeah i mean uh, i just i remember I mean... when
2: assassin's creed games were a bit more realistic and no matter how strong the opponent was if you didn't engage them in one-to-one one-on-one combat but stealth killed them you actually stealth killed them
0: yeah i mean I don't know, man. It's really unfortunate what's happened because, like, I I understand they want to go RPG and honestly, I really enjoy the new RPG systems that they've gone towards for the, like, game, but I just gotta say, like, the way they're handling it's kind of disappointing because, yeah, if you stab a guy in the neck, man, he should just be dead. Like, nobody, no human is able to survive like a straight up stab in the artery. And, neck a lot the,
2: and a lot of the stealth kills are so damn over-the-top brutal, and then having the opponent stand right back up is like performing an, ex, an x-ray move in Mortal Kombat games.
0: Yeah, it's like, um... Oh, what was it? It's like... What was that one? Yeah, I think there's a stealth th- option like, or a stealth animation that happens when your spear gets larger, when you find more shards of it. Spoilers. and and like you stab the spear through their body, like through their internal organs, and, and like twist it and pull it back out, and they're like, "All right, I'm still fine. Let's fight." And you're just like, "No, like you you would be absolutely dead or on the ground in pain." So yeah, don't exactly don't come to me with any of this. Like I'm just gonna stand back up after being stabbed through the stomach and having credible horrible internal bleeding
2: yeah like i said it's like when you're playing mortal kombat x or 11 and you uh pop someone's balls and uh break their their um their foot and uh, snap their neck and crush their skull and then they stand back up and fight
0: well, at least in Mortal combat there's an explanation the explanation is, there... is magic. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like magic but like not for all characters it's it's over the top no, violence
2: over the top violence's sake and that's it
0: yeah I mean yeah honestly but I mean Man, I'm just I... saying comparatively I mean Assassin's Creed was supposed to be like a historical series yeah mm-hmm. and then you've got like you've got guys standing up after being like absolutely gutted stat- gut- yeah basically gutted absolutely gutted and they're like nope Uh, what was that mean? From Monty Python the Holy Grail, I'm not dead yet! Like, with the arms being chopped off, the Black Knight. (laughs) I can see. have have headbutt you. This is but a flesh wound. Exactly. Tis but a flesh wound. Yeah, that's it. And I, I feel like that's what the characters are like in Odyssey, so I'm really hoping that it's not just a flesh wound in later iterations at this point. And I mean, they could have made it work, actually.
2: They could have made it so that if an enemy is too strong for you to stealth kill them, then no matter how well you snuck up on them, they manage to deflect the Fatal Blow or something like that.
0: But they just get wrecked and... You stab them through the chest and they're like, nope, I'm fine. <laughs> like I never did quite understand that one personally.
2: I just remembered, since we were talking about how unrealistic Mortal Kombat is... There um, wasn't there was, an, there was a, a fighting game on the PlayStation back in the day, and I don't think many people will know it, but it was called Cardinal Sin, and nope, it was never basically it. it was basically pretty similar to Mortal Kombat, except that you can inflict bleeding on your opponent, which will oh. make them lose health constantly. That sounds and, horrible. And you can perform finishes mid-game if you do it right, just end the match
0: prematurely. But still, that sounds pretty awful. Just being able to, like, make a damage over time effect in a fighting game. Yeah, but I mean,
2: it was more realistic than Mortal Kombat. You could perform the same over the top violence, but it
0: would actually be lethal. I mean, I guess, but I mean, that's kind of not why people play Mortal Kombat.
2: Also, there was another game called Bushido, which was a oh Bushido Blade, yeah, yeah, Bushido Blade, exactly. That yeah, was be amazing if you hit the head
0: at the right angle, your opponent would go down in one hit. Yeah, that was... Many many angry screams were emitted because of that game oh, yeah. when, I was ch- when I was young. Because some of that was just BS, man. But yeah. Also, speaking of old PlayStation games... Uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2, they're coming to PC. I Can mean, you... actually, they're, ar- they're already on PC at this I point. I was going to say... They're on gog.com. I don't know if they're a remaster, but no, I, I don't do think so. It's, it's I... the
2: usual GOG model of uh, putting out games and just making sure they run on modern systems, but nothing more than that. Also, um, Metal Gear, the very first game, also came the out. The NES game? Yeah, but not Metal Gear 2 for some weird reason, so.
0: That's, don't know what to really, make of that. That is really strange, honestly. Yeah, no Metal Gear 2. And why would you port an NES game to PC?
2: I don't know. I mean, I have the Metal Gear Solid Legacy Collection for the PS3. And it has Metal Gear, Metal Gear 2, uh, Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4, I believe. Uh, The VR missions and all that good stuff. And that came out in, uh, I want to say 2008, but I might be wrong. And I just don't get why they now come and release Metal Gear Solid 1 and
0: 2 and Metal Gear 1 and nothing else. Yeah, it's honestly really strange. Really weird choice.
2: Especially since Metal Gear Solid 5 is so popular and successful and Metal Gear Solid 3 and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker are basically the prequels to that. Oh yeah, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker is also included in that legacy
0: collection. Yeah, that is really weird, honestly.
2: So, yeah, I was very hyped when I heard that Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 were coming to PC, but when I saw what they actually did with it, just re-releasing them and making P- sure which they were was literally PC, nothing. Yeah, and then just those three games, weirdly. Uh, I wasn't hyped anymore, and I'm not going to buy them for now. Yeah,
1: if now. are not If only it, for now... I don't know if it'll be worth
2: it. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they end up uh, porting them to Steam as well, and if they end up releasing more games... Or if they just do one of the two, I might be tempted to reconsider, but as it stands right now, I'm not gonna get them. And if it stays like this and Konami isn't interested in doing any more with it, then I'm not gonna get them. I was period. gonna say, dude,
0: it's it's Konami it's like modern Konami at this point. Like what do we expect? They make pachinko machines and overpriced computers at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean I'm pretty surprised that those games are coming to PC at all. That's more than I expected at this point from yeah, Konami. Fair enough. But then doing just half of it... I mean, at the very least, they could have released both Metal Gear games if they released the first. That's the part that's
0: the most um, the most off-putting to me. Yeah, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah.
0: And unfortunately, uh, a game that was actually re- re- delayed is Baldur's Gate 3 supposed to come out september 30th but unfortunately it was delayed till october 6th you know it's just a week but and it's not that big of a deal but still sad because i absolutely love larian studios and i want to support them i mean you still
2: can and it's sad but it's not surprising and like you said it's just a week it's the week that we got for Valhalla, we got taken away from us for Baldur's well, Gate 3.
0: Honestly, I'd rather the opposite happened. Like, yeah, pu- push yeah. push up Baldur's Gate and uh, just uh, push back uh, Valhalla back to December or something, I don't know. But
1: but I'm used, used to having games pushed a week, <laughs> so I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, true.
2: And Circling back to the other topic we had, it's still in time for uh, to be
0: um to be on the game awards, so. Oh, true enough. True enough. I don't know how big of a deal the Game Awards are to Larian, but man, Larian definitely deserves a game award at some point. I don't know if they've ever received one, but they honestly deserve one. I mean Divinity Two is just absolute masterpiece and they should definitely be awarded because it's just There's so many builds and little story moments. It's just amazing what they managed to put in there as such a small studio.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they ever got a game award, but I remember that they were at least nominated in 2018, I want to say.
0: Well, that's not good enough for me.
2: I think they made second or third place back then.
0: Well, I'm really hoping that uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is the straw that breaks the camel's back and they get the recognition they deserve because, honestly, they're one of the most prosumer and one of the best like RPG studios out there and they really deserve some sort of recognition in my eyes. Because they're amazing. Yeah, I don't disagree. Any other th- thoughts or comments on this particular episode or this particular topic?
2: Again, it's sad but not um, that surprising given what year it is. Yeah. And... Um,
0: Oh, Manos, yeah. what do you think of the fact that the game is $60 compared to the 40 of Divinity Original Sins 2?
2: I mean, I think $60 is pretty steep for any game, but um, True. I expect Baldur's Gate to have a ton of content, and um, I guess it's just a product of the times we're living in, because most games come at that price, and I don't think that it's gonna be worth more than Divinity 2, but I do think it's not gonna be worth less than some other AAA games that release at 60 or even $70.
0: Well, at least from what they're saying, um, the game is gonna be significantly larger than Divinity Original Sin Tune and have a lot more production value. So maybe it will actually be worth the $60, because if I remember correctly, um, if you sort of blast through it, divinity is only like 40 hours but i think they said that Baldur's gate 3 is like even if you blast through it's like 75 so i can sort of understand the price increase
2: it's it's probably gonna worth it um with me moving soon um and everything that's happening in the world right now i don't think i will be able to afford it day one i wish it was cheaper but at the same time like you said larian is such a great studio i do want to support them and i do think that with a game like baldur's gate 3 it will be hyped enough that they actually will get a lot out of this so yeah i i guess i would have preferred a 40 dollars price tag but i also think that it's probably gonna worth its price so
0: yeah honestly knowing larian yeah they're one of the f- I have to say I personally really dislike day one purchases just as a just sort of as principle I guess I should say but Larian is one of the few studios that I will actually give up the, the give up my principle for because I just want them to survive as a studio.
2: Yeah, I mean the problem with day one purchases or even pre-orders is that you basically support publishers who put out the game before it's actually finished, but with companies like THQ Nordic, Larian, and uh, someone like Santa Monica Studios, the company behind the God of War games, I actually don't worry about the game being unfinished at release, so I think there are actually a few examples that justify a pre-order. But most of the games today I wouldn't pre-order anymore. So many letdowns. I mean, I... I don't remember if I did, but I probably did pre-order Destiny because of all I have seen of the game before it was launched and then I was so let down. Um, Yeah, hype got the better of me and I learned my lesson from it. But again, there are some rare exceptions of publishers and developers where I'm not afraid to pre-order.
0: Yeah. Like I said, they're rare and few and far between, but they are there. And... I'd probably say the only other one would probably be the Spelunky developer for the moment. Spelunky one's absolutely masterpiece. Spelunky two's apparently a masterpiece, and you could ride turkeys. Like what more do you want in a game other than riding turkeys? So I'm down. I'm down to clan with that game. Plus it's like and only t- twenty bucks.
2: And to be fair, for those who don't like turkeys, you can also ride
0: other animals, so True, and you can That's kill bad. the turkeys if you feel like it. True. So, yeah, plus that game is only, like, $20, just like its predecessor. So, I mean, it just feels like a steal, considering how much playtime you can get out of it. it. Which is a lot. It's a lot of playtime. Still
2: need to sp- still need to play a Spelunky.
0: Sp- I mean, at this point, you might as well just wait for the second one. Since it's Probably, basically yeah. Spelunky, but more. But, honestly, you should play one, at least a Spelunky, because Spelunky is just... It's just one of the best roguelikes possible these you know these days it's just so much random i mean it's it's one of those weird games where it's like random but not quite random like the only reason it's so awful in terms of randomness was because the player didn't predict it so like it it is possible to predict but if you don't do it right then you're gonna die a lot so there's like a skill-based aspect to it and plus the little cute art style and stuff it's 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 a deceptively simple but very complex game.
2: I mean, I'm almost certain that I have a key for Spelunky in my giveaway pool, so I could theoretically just activate it for myself and have it. But, um, yeah, like you said, I'm probably just going to wait for the second part because I don't think it makes much difference uh, in terms of story. (laughs) So I don't think I have to play the first one first
0: not that i'm aware of and best, and all the only story that i'm aware continues on is that you play as the progeny of the first protagonist so i see that's it that's about all that i know that is new and improved about it well i mean there's plenty of stuff that's new and improved but i just more mean in terms of story it's still rather relatively the same game although funnily enough uh the awesome people who love to speedrun spelunky one of the guys beat it in four minutes. They beat a run in four minutes. Wow. I know, that's really impressive.
2: I mean, there's a lot of crazy things going on in the speedrunning community. I mean, I think The Outer Worlds was finished in nine minutes.
0: Something like that, yeah. that Honestly, that is really impressive to me.
1: Because I, I can't believe in
0: completing such a huge game in so little amount of time. I don't know,
2: actually. Did Spelunky 1 have co-op play?
0: Uh, It did, but it was local only. Which is something they stressed for the new one. Is that they're going to have online uh, co-op. But it was really, really buggy at launch on the PlayStation. Which is why they decided to delay it uh, on PC. So that they could not sort of make a fool of themselves again. I see. But it is coming. It's I just gonna take a little there. bit longer. Does
2: um, does the local co-op of Spelunky one have uh, remote play on Steam?
0: I believe it does. Yes.
2: Well, that's a good alternative then.
0: I mean, yeah, it is, and I I believe Spelunky two has local co. Will have local co-op at launch, just not the online version. Yeah,
1: on the Steam, uh, so on the Steam page because I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it says it has, um. Shared slash split screen PVP and co-op, um, and it does have remote play together.
2: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Also, I checked; I do have a, a key lying around for that game.
0: And again, like Splunky One's great, but pretty much if you have Splunky One, you might as well just wait for Splunky Two.
1: Yeah, Splunky Two comes out in what in, in like two days. So. Uh
0: yeah, it does the 29th Yes. Yep. So that will be in two days. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah, on the Steam page, they're saying approximately a day and 19 hours, so...
0: So, Exciting.
2: dear listener, when you're listening to this episode, it's either today or tomorrow.
0: So get it. Or or, <laughs> in a, or a couple days ago. Dep- <laughs> Depending on when you listen to it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or a couple years ago. Or a decade ago. I'm an old man now! And Grandpa Manos has probably got, like, great-grandchildren now.
2: Yes, yes. They torture me all the time. I hate the little brats.
0: That sounds exactly like you, Grandpa Manos. All right, next, uh, next one. Chips Challenge, like a really, really old game, just came out for free on Steam for its thirtieth anniversary. It was like a really early on, uh, really early on game in terms of PC history. Is it that game that looks, in terms of visuals, like Minesweeper? No, it looks like a third year, third grader drew it. <laughs> no offense, but yeah, to the developer. It's, uh, but yeah, it's it's an old one, man. It's like back from the Czechs Quest days, which also finally enough game to steam.
2: I'm looking at screenshots right now, and yes, it does have those, I guess they're supposed to be wall tiles, but they look like oh. the it's a minesweeper actually.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. They do. Other than
2: that, it actually reminds me of Paganitsu.
0: I'm sorry, what? plus you?
2: 2 it's uh, a game where you have to collect key/keys to reach the goal of the level but there are obstacles in your way and there are enemies that try to kill you and you have to it's it's basically a bit of a puzzle how to move certain blocks to block the paths of enemies that want to attack you like there are spiders that always stick to walls so they are running around in circles along Uh, A certain path and you can move blocks to change their path and there are cobras that spit venom at you and you can move blocks in front of them so you can pass safely and all that stuff and it looks very much like this game but Paganitsu is a bit darker and older I think
0: older than this game wow goodness gracious that is pretty crazy
2: I'm gonna send a screenshot wait a second
0: yeah, I've seen it. It definitely does kind of look like a Minesweeper, like someone used the Minesweeper uh, blocks for walls and stuff. It's an interesting piece of history that I'm glad came to Steam so that, you know, people who are interested in enjoying it can. I've always been of the.
2: Very true, but I was talking about uh, Paganitsu. I'm going to send a screenshot of that so you can compare
0: it. Oh, okay. That's fair enough. I've always enjoyed the fact that, you know, older games are available to play on. How oh, it does look like Paganitsu. Um, that old games are able to be played on newer systems on PC. I just I really love that aspect of PC gaming. I've always enjoyed some retro gaming and it's just like no time by the present but to play some of these great games.
2: They actually came out at the, around the same time. Paganitsu is from
0: 1991. Oh, well, that's fair enough then. That's very interesting.
2: interesting. I didn't know about um, Chips Challenge.
0: Yeah, and obviously it's got a somewhat niche following because people were like, oh, Chips Challenge. You know, I I don't know anything about Chips Challenge, but I'm sure people who know the game from the era it came out were pretty excited to see Chips Challenge again. So, especially on Steam, one of their favorite uh, video gaming platforms. Want to hear something amazing?
2: What? I just checked, and Paganitsu is on Steam as well.
0: Really? That is very interesting. Good old old man Manos coming to the rescue. I guess I should call him Old Manos. (laughs) How dare you! (laughs) I'm still in my prime! It's my golden years! Oh, I just peed myself. I guess that's why they called him golden years.
2: um oh, gadget guy doing a gadget guy impression
0: gadget guy doing a gadget guy impression yeah isn't that uh, it's gadgetception um another fun roguelike similar to splunky 2 which we just talked about noida is coming out in 1.0 really soon noida is basically you're a baby little baby wizard man and every pixel is simulated in a way that like you can i don't know if any of you have played any of those like quote unquote like online sand toys where you can like simulate gunpowder hitting fire and then there's an explosion and it simulates heat etc 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 but uh yeah that's basically what this game is is it's basically like the powder toy which is a, a remake of the sand toys but there's an actual game around it and you so you're a little wizard man you're trying to get to the end i guess and the really the key interesting thing is that you can customize all the spells with like little bits and bobs so yeah, like, that's you pretty can, interesting
2: i'm looking at, can... sc- at screenshots right now and the the fire that's spreading actually reminds me a little bit of the Napalm attack and worms
0: yes yes yeah it's pretty awesome because yeah it is pretty it, it really took a lot of the some of the best stuff in terms of like retro games and then put it sort of in a new roguelike skin which created sort of a newer really interesting experience because it's really awesome that you know you get to make these crazy spells like if i remember correctly you can get like delayed activation and like uh split shot so what you can do is you can like put split shot delayed activation bomb and are like uh arrow shot uh delay uh split shot and delayed activation bomb and then like the the spell will shoot split into two and then turn into bombs that sounds like pretty cool yeah and and that's just like a four-step spell like they're like you can get wands with like seven steps in them like they get crazy
2: i also love the art style like the retro pixel art with the bloom effects of the on the fire and all that looks pretty amazing
0: oh yeah it's it's pretty beautiful it's just a, in, it's a really great game
2: just in terms of visuals it looks like a love child of basically spelunky and children of mortar
0: <laughs> yeah it kind of is and it's it's relatively cheap it's like uh 20 yeah it's 20 dollars. and uh every once in a while i think there's like a bundle somewhere it's got Baba is You, um, Noida, and something else in there, and it's honestly really worth the, the value, because Baba is You is honestly one of the hardest games I've ever played.
2: But also one of the most creative. I love how it plays really. with words.
0: Honestly, yeah. I mean, it did just win a game award from Sakurai, creator of Super Smash Brothers, so that's gotta mean something. Like it's it's kind of funny how like two years after it's released, it's still winning game awards, just for how creative it is. Like that just shows yeah, I, you how I can see why. How creative it is. Yeah, honestly, it's really good. Uh, really hard puzzle game. Like, oh boy, that is a tough puzzle game. I True. love it though. A lot of playtime because you're gonna be r- sitting there trying a pu- trying out a solution, uh, banging your head against the wall, crying in a corner, coming back. Uh, to the game trying out a new solution for an hour uh, banging your head against the wall uh, cursing what, that you've ever been born uh, crying some more and then coming back to the game figuring it out feeling like a genius and then the next level is harder that's yeah, been my I mean, experience with it at least
2: I mean that's ultimately <laughs> yeah. how progression should go should go in the, these puzzle games
0: yeah. I just have to say like the difficulty spike can get really high especially with the optional levels like whoa you go from like three-step puzzles like in the underwater level of Baba is you and then it's like BAM you've got like 37 steps in a puzzle figure it out boyo but yeah it's really good like I said really satisfying when you figure out a puzzle uh,
2: solution also interesting that the Noita 1.0 release was uh, relatively close to the Hades 1.0 release. It's good to see games coming out of early access. Games actually getting finished.
0: Oh, man. That's the thing that actually happens. <laughs> it's shocking. Yeah, Noita 1.0 is coming out October 15th. I think Hades is already out, though, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so but they're still relatively close. So, yeah. Two awesome... Well I guess technically Noida is a roguelike because you start over from the beginning every time you play it, whereas Hades is a roguelite in that you often have a progression system that will make every run subsequently easier and yeah. more and more possible. And I don't Although, know I don't know
2: whether you already discovered this or tried this, but the Permanent upgrades you can unlock on your mirror. You can actually refund the keys and respec.
0: That is really cool I honestly don't have enough keys or Darkness yet to get to that point. Yeah, because fair enough. Uh, I just got to Elysium and it's like my third run, so I but Elysium is the third world, isn't it? Yes, it is. So you already made quite a bit of progress.
2: I remember when I first started out, I it took me several attempts to even clear the first world.
0: Well, I had a really good build. Uh, I got Ares buff on my special with the Heartseeker bow, which makes it so that there is the Doom buff. Oh um, yeah, which causes damage after a short amount of time. And the Heartseeker bow special is it shoots like seven arrows, you know, in an arc and so basically i just keep shooting that uh and refreshing the um the the buff that would or the debuff that deals damage and then i would just keep upgrading the debuff oh yeah i see and, that makes uh, sense and then it was yeah that was going great pretty well i once i got yeah plus i got athena's deflection on my dash so that made yeah, a lot of projectiles very very good yeah they made a lot of projectiles much easier to deal with because i could just send them right back
2: yeah, you just got to time it right, but that's easy enough, actually. Um, I don't want to keep this tangent going for too long, but Hades is just so amazing. Have you ever encountered a room with two boons?
0: I did, and I was really impressed that it wasn't just, okay, you picked one, the other one disappears, but then I had to fight a room against... It was Dionysius and Aphrodite. And I picked Dionysus because I really liked his uh, party gas ability. Oh yeah, that you can get for a special. It's really powerful. But then I, Aphrodite was super angry that I picked Dionysus instead, and it, I, en- I ended up dying that run in that exact room because it was really hard to deal with the homing heart shots that kept oh, yeah. flying at me. Well, that, uh, that was really hard. I just to give you. It.
2: To give you something to look forward to whenever you encounter <laughs> such a room and one of the gods get get angry it gets angry at you and sends minions at you, when you defeat them you actually get the other boon as well.
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. I can't wait until I see that Roman probably die in it thirty seven more times until I actually beat <laughs> it once. Cause dang that is hard. Oh man! Yes,
2: and it, like, it really depends on the god what kind of enemies come at you as well. So, different true. different uh, combat situations.
0: Like seriously, uh, Aphrodite sent like three big burly club boys, except they had like 300, t- like 300% health and armor and like bonus damage. And there was a giant heart flying at me and homing in on me constantly. Like that was. That was a no bueno fight. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's really, <laughs> really tough to make it through it, but it's basically the definition of risk-reward, because you get two boons if you make it, but you also probably lose a lot of health at you.
0: Yeah, to yeah. To replenish in or some die. Way. Oh, yeah. Like now, it, it was really interesting in gaming news, in that the developers of Among Us initially said that they were going to create a sequel because their code base was so old and spaghetti coded that they wanted to start fresh, but basically Among Us has become so popular that they didn't want to split the fan base, and they have decided to cancel Among Us 2 and instead just remake the code base for the first game.
2: Well, that is the definition of pro consumer.
0: Honestly, yeah, it was pretty crazy to read i worry I mean, they, about their sanity as a small indie developer <laughs> yeah true mm-hmm. i mean they're, they're
2: putting in um probably twice or thrice as much work as they would have if they just made a second game and you don't have to buy another game in order to play it and the fan ba- uh, the the player base doesn't get split up so um it's so many benefits for the players and yeah. so many detriments to the team so <laughs> it's it's really pro-consumer at the risk of uh causing some damage to the insanity like you said yeah so i'm really plus impressed the,
0: plus the game is super cheap it's like five bucks on steam and free with ads on mobile yeah
2: i just bought it the other day i guess uh, i think two days ago or something like that because a lot of people on the server want to play it and of course tfx wants to play it because he's always the alien and he's always the
0: imposter i think the reason that among us became so popular in the sort of mafia styled games is because it gives the players something to do while they wait i know that like town of Salem is a decent mafia game but the problem is is like while other players are using their special powers if you can't use your powers at night you're just sitting there for like three minutes just doing nothing and waiting whereas with among us you've got like those tasks to beat the alien prematurely so you're running around playing like mini games so there's really like no downtime for any of the players even though it is a mafia style game oh i see
1: yeah, and the other nice thing about that too, because I've seen—I mean, I haven't played it, but I've seen like gameplay mix. I do want to play it. It's also nice that like, if you are killed, you can still do your tasks.
0: I mean, you have to do your tasks if you're yeah. killed. If you—if the—if the little crewmen want to win.
1: Yeah. Well. So I mean that, but it's like, so I do like that. That you know, it's not like a complete, you know, like even if you're, you know, if you're killed off, you, you know, you're not just like sitting around waiting for the game to end you can there's still stuff for you to do
0: very true plus it's sort of like a spectator mode so you can watch your friends be stupid and let the imposter win although one thing that i absolutely hate (laughs) about these mafia games is you learn how well your friends can lie to you oh yeah (laughs) i always i always feel like it's a double-edged sword because it's like on one hand It's such a fun game, and it's so fun to be tricked by your friends. But just from a realistic standpoint, I'm like, man, Bob is actually really good at lying to my face. (laughs) Like, I I wonder if I should, in real life, be a little more careful of Bob. (laughs) It's always Bob. It's always Bob. It's always TFX. He's the alien. Although I do have to say, the uh, the Jackbox uh, in Jackbox 6, that alien version of Mafia is pretty good. I really enjoy that. It really is. Like, I know some of the other people are waiting to see, like, the artwork, but the artwork doesn't take that long, plus you can speed them up, and then everyone just gets to yell alien at one person, and they try to be like, no, no, it's not me, but sometimes it's obviously them, or they've gotten hacked. Yeah. So that one's pretty good, too.
2: And I don't know why, but TFX always was acting very suspiciously, suspiciously, even if he wasn't the alien. He he must have really loved that just.
0: I think it was just because he was out of his element because the game wasn't gray enough. Fair enough, yeah. yeah. So he just didn't know what to do with himself because there were too many colors that were too distracting. And in an interesting twist of fate, shortly after being bought by Microsoft, Doom 1 and 2 got official id mods called Wrecker, which is like Viking themed or something like that honestly it's kind of weird but hey i mean more content is never a bad thing are we talking about doom and doom eternal or doom and one and two Doom one and two yeah
2: that is pretty surprising i d- actually had no idea about this
0: yeah the the first doom and the second doom got wrecker mods which yeah, are, are viking themed like whole games programmed in the engine so it's and... basically
2: wrecker one
0: and two so, different stories, or are they the same, and you Honestly, can choose... Honestly, I'm not sure. I wasn't able to track that down, whether or not they were different. Uh, quite from interesting. Bo- from what I can guess, it seems like they're the same game, but in different the different engines. So, yeah, I mean, sense. if you've got one or the other, you've got Wrecker, which is apparently pretty fun from what I've read. You know, it's more Doom, original Doom at least, and... It's got a couple of fun weapons and stuff. But um, it was certainly out, unexpected, for sure.
2: For you, dear listener, uh, that's not Wrecker like in Wrecking Ball, but it's spelled R-E-K-K-R. Yeah, it's got a really weird name. Just in case you want to look it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, back in the day, Doom 1 and 2, especially Doom 2, because the the WAD mod system became, a ho- became easier. Man, like... People really were made some amazing creations. I remember my dad telling me because he worked in um, pro, he worked in like programming back in the day, and uh, yeah, I you guess, can
2: you can tell the listeners that your dad is John Romero.
0: <laughs> no, no, he's not. He's better than him. Uh, it's Gabe. I oh, believe that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the. Uh, I guess the tools were so easy that people would make like uh do maps of their office and then like on lunch breaks I'll I'll play like death matches in their office space which is kind of funny like they they would build the cubicles and stuff. I just think that's, that's some cool, cool creativity. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: Any final I mean, thoughts? Modding is one of the best things that has happened to PC gaming. Yep. And I was honestly, yeah, when I saw that um with Fallout 4, for example, they were trying to bring modding to consoles as well, but they handled it poorly by selling mods
0: for money. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate because I can kind of see how one would want to sell a lot of their like work for money on a mod. Honestly, I think the way they should have done it, is they should have made mini-expansion packs, and they would be modder, like, the modders would have contributed to them.
2: You mean like a mod bundle?
0: Kind of in a sense, yeah, but, like, it would actually have some, like, new features from Bethesda, so it would still be more of, like, an expansion pack. I just think the way they went around... I, I like the idea, I just think the way that it, they went around, went they did it is bad
2: yeah i mean it's very similar to the controversy when doom 3 uh diablo 3 first came out where um you could sell things in the auction house for real money and blizzard would get a share of that and that's probably the main issue here that someone puts in all the work into a mod and wants to make some money of it and bethesda
0: takes a piece of the pie yeah, and honestly, I think I know when Steam added mods to Skyrim, I really, really think that the ones they chose to start off with were a really bad idea.
2: That's also true, yeah.
0: Because if, like, what is that mod? It's like Eldrain or something like that. Eldran uh, for Skyrim, it's, it adds like 100 hours of fully voiced adventures to Skyrim. Like, if that were, like, ten bucks, I would totally buy it. But they had, like, five bucks for, like, three swords that the pr- the modder didn't even put in the game. You had to cheat them in. Like, that was just lazy and awful. And yeah, I, I guess... That's there's, also there's, part
2: of the problem, yeah. Like, 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 yeah,
0: st- like seriously, that did not make mo- the paid mods look good. Because it's like, okay, if, fi- if it costs five bucks for, like, three stupid swords... Um, which you probably stole the models for for five bucks that I can't even, you didn't even program into the game so I can't even get them legitimately what, how much is everything else going to cost and, yeah, I, I and just the think...
2: other side of the coin is that um, if you play it on PC and you go to something like mod DB or something like that um, you can get much much better mods that have been around for for decades but at this point for Skyrim specifically um, for free so everything yeah. you could buy in that mod store was worse than what you could get for free because a lot of people had actually already made mods uh, when mods were a normal thing
0: yeah because i know that some games and i i'm sorry i don't have an example off the top of my head but they've like modders who are really really good at modding the game they've sometimes allowed to make like um like a content pack or something like that like a mini like i said a mini expansion pack um for like five ten bucks that adds a like new a lot of new mechanics and stuff and i think that would have gone over yeah, that's, way that's better actually
2: the way to go i think yeah, I definitely keep, think so. Keep mods free and if you spot a very good modder, offer them a job or offer them to contribute to something that is paid but isn't a mod but an add-on, that would work very well. And it's a, it's a real shame because the paid mods uh, were, were one part of the problem that contributed to um, that new mod model not working out. And it should have been something better because it was actually the first time that mods were available at all on console. So that was actually a step in the right direction, but several steps in the wrong direction as well. So it kind of died down and I haven't seen any game with mod support on console since then.
0: Yeah. And then unfortunately there was a huge split in the community mods or a passion project versus like I'm, I'm passionate about modding, but man, I got to feed my family too. And I've spent 6,000 hours making you a fishing mod in Skyrim. Yeah. So I, I think that was actually a, a an argument on the Skyrim Reddit. There was a guy who made a, a really great fishing mod for Skyrim and he wanted to sell it. Um, because he had spent like so many thousands of hours in it making it perfect and fixing it every time it got broken by a new stupid Bethesda update. And he was like, look, you know I got I had an in I had a, a PayPal like donation link, but no one ever clicks it. So you know I, I gotta get something like I, I want to keep doing this kind of stuff, but I, I gotta get something for my time and i think he ended up getting forced out of the community unfortunately because like the the hatred towards the terrible mods unfortunately boiled over into the actually good mods that were about to come out for the steam workshop but this were something they definitely should have led with instead of the awful like horse armor the horse armor debacle all over again except worse
2: and I mean one game that shows how it can be done is um, Warframe for example where there are um, different helmets and skins and with uh, to be fair um, some of the time uh, some of them are even different models but they're just called skins because they just change the look of your Warframe Um, there are some that are picked at regular intervals because they are very good that then get sold at the same price so helmets will always be the same price and skins will always be the same price and all the other content as well uh, weapon skins and all that and they are actually curated and they are again always the same price always fair and always quality content because digital extremes actually handpicks them and that works in my opinion much better than but then again uh some mods uh, do add. um story chapters and some mods add new housing and it's kind of hard to judge that uh and to compare that to other mods so
0: yeah honestly I guess it's a problem i think it's also kind of unfortunately subjective to people whether or not something is worth more to one person a new house would be like worth ten dollars and to another person a house is useless and it's only worth one dollar so yeah i mean
2: but then you don't have to buy it and can choose a free alternative so i don't think anyone should be chased off the of the out of the community board or something like that for demanding money for their work and if you don't want to get it you don't have to yeah honestly it's not the same like like some dlcs that get pumped out by AAA developers that in some cases were already finished when the game came out but were cut out on purpose just to make more money uh, I think it's a different story here.
0: Honestly, I swear some mods have more passion and work put into them than mechanics in the actual game sometimes. A lot of them. I I guess it is because it's a passion product and again, it was the whole controversy was really about how mods should stay a free passion project, but you know, some people were like, yo, if you want me to fix this, I got to get some money for it. And they're like, no, I demand that you fix it regardless and they're like yo okay then I'm just out because that's kind of ridiculous logic yeah and that's understandable actually yeah understandable entirely but I just hope that mods will one day allow so uh, like supporters to more easily provide some you know contributions to developers while also Still staying, like, free if the developers want them to. Again, I still think add-on packs are the best, though. Like a community-contributed expansion pack. Yeah, I agree. So this week, we have a listener question from the wonderful Justin McGuffin from Not Just Any Book Club. Uh, he has been a wonderful addition to our podcast, Guest Starring, and I can't wait to hear what he said. Let's listen in.
1: Hey. Hey. It's Justin from Not Just Any Book Club. Congratulations on the significant milestone of reaching 10 episodes, Devils in the Podcast. I, I'm proud of you guys, uh, even though I haven't known you guys for long. It's a pretty good podcast so far. So my question is, if you could choose one game to have a sequel or a major update, what
2: game would you pick and why? And my second question is, what game series has had the most impact on you or your personal slash gaming life? Congrats on the milestone, guys.
0: Hey Justin, thank you very much for sending in a message. Uh, This is one of the lesser messages we have, and you can send one in too if you want to send us a message. So for the first question, I'd have to say that my favorite series has definitely been Final Fantasy Tactics, specifically Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. And while it did get a sequel on the DS, I was a bit unhappy with that one, so I would love to see a third game in the series. I definitely think that series is underloved by Square Enix and I'm really happy that we're starting to see indie games sort of copy the turn-based strategy with the height like that game had, but still adding their same twists like fell Seal Arbiter, um, probably the other one was like Banner of the Maid, uh, and God Wars 3, which are all on Steam.
2: It's funny that you should mention that, because I just discovered today that, um, on Android at least, there is a sequel slash spin-off to Final Fantasy Brave Exvius that is actually a tactics game in the Final Fantasy universe. So Interesting, I didn't know about that. It has the same art style as War of the Lions and all that, and some of the antiquated English language, and um, I played the tutorial so far. And it plays very much like the Final Fantasy Tactics games that you would be used to, so... Maybe that's that's something you want to check out.
0: Well, what I really love is the the class systems. They allow for so much minute uh, customization. And I was sort of really let down in the second one, because the new classes they added were mainly to the two new races they introduced. But the two new inter new races were so shallow. I mean, they each only had like four classes, and they really didn't add a whole lot. I mean, the the race with the wings was pretty cool and really did allow for some really fun archer builds. But the more pig-like, uh, orcish—I guess I should say—yield orcish kind of characters were. Fun, and I liked that they got a lot of thunder-based abilities. But I just felt they were both underutilized, and unfortunately, their additions, I would have much rather have had like six new classes for the existing races than the classes being stuck on really shallow races that were just added for who knows why.
2: Yeah, I can see that being a problem. I can't, uh, unfortunately, I can't say anything about classes in the Brave Exvius spin-off. Uh, because, I, like I said, I only played the tutorial and that wasn't a part of that. Um, but um, I guess you're going to have to find out. I will. Or I can tell you when I get there. So
0: Also, that would be good. Yeah.
2: For me, um, a gaming series... First of all, thank you very much, Justin, for the compliment. I am glad that you enjoy our podcast. And I think it's always great when you are one of our guests as well. So great to hear that you enjoy the content um for me one of the franchises or i can actually give you two um that i'm never going to get a sequel or prequel or spin-off or any continuation for but would really love to uh, one being legacy of kane one of my favorite gaming series of all times that has sadly died ever since one of the voice actors also passed away um and kind of got forgotten by eidos slash crystal dynamics um and the other one being um, onimusha which has been abandoned by capcom for i don't know what reason probably no reason at all just capcom being capcom um for those who don't know the legacy of kane series are um a vampire-based action-adventure series uh, based in the world Nosgoth, um, where the goth part of the name is probably on purpose because it's a very gothic uh, slash, in some cases, steampunky world. Um, But it offered a lot of freedom, and the second game in the series, which was Soul Reaver, which actually deviated from what the first game, Blood Omen, had done, was very special in that... um, It used a data streaming technology where the next chunk and the previous chunk of the level you went through were preloaded at all times, so there was no loading from start to finish unless you used a portal to get to another section. So you can play the entire game that was released in 1999 uh, from start to finish without any loading screen, which is pretty amazing. And also there is um, two layers to the world. There's a material world, which is the world we inhabit, basically. And there's the spirit world, the spectral realm, um, where the ghosts go, the souls go. And um, you could shift between those two worlds and the architecture of the world would change. And that would happen seamlessly as well. So actually there were six chunks of the level loaded at all times which is the section you're currently in the next section, the previous section and those three in the spirit realm pretty revolutionary for its time and the Onimusha series is basically a little bit like Resident Evil but in a Japanese medieval setting where you play as a samurai and fight demons instead of zombies but the first game actually had the same tank controls Ew, tank controls
0: just personally, not a big fan.
2: Yeah, I can understand that, but um, as we've heard several times, the tank controls are actually what made the Resident Evil games more scary
0: <laughs> for yeah, all obvious enough. reasons.
2: So for some people, they work out really well. And Onimusha, also, I think it was the third game, or maybe it it was the fourth game, Dawn of Dreams. I don't know, Um, that got rid of the tank controls. So there is one, at least one Onimusha game that's more action
0: focused. I see. Very interesting.
2: And and what about you? Do you have one game or franchise that you desperately want a sequel to?
1: Uh, I I think for me, kind of the, for like the Neptunia series, I think it would be, I mean, they make, because it's like, they've kind of, then one of those things where it's like they make a bunch of spin-offs and then like the like main storylines kind of like the main lines kind of now it's kind of not really getting a new like story to, to it. So it's like it'd be kind of nice for them to eventually make a new story a uh, new one in the like the main line instead of just like all these like spin-offs. And then like for the PlayStation Five, they're making the like it's like they're redoing. Like the remake of the first one so it's like it's a remake of the remake oh so i see nice. yes i mean they are adding some stuff to it as well but it'd be nice if you know they'd also make a new one in the main series because i know that's the thing i've seen um online too is like a new game will come up and this is like it's it's just another spin-off i mean i do love the spin-offs too um but it'd be nice if they continued the main series as well
2: yeah i can see how that can be frustrating if you want a continuation and all you get is spin-offs all the time true yeah, enough true yeah, enough
1: yeah so it's like that would be nice if they did but at the same time the spin-offs are good too i, I do and pretty much all of the games in the series i do enjoy so
2: at least you're getting some content
0: <laughs> <laughs> unlike mr manos and uh never getting any content And as for the second wonderful question we were sent, um, I'd probably say NES Ultraman. Uh, I know it's kind of a weird choice, but I grew up. uh, It was like two, three, four. I remember sitting on my dad's lap playing SNES Ultraman game, which was a ton of fun uh, to watch him, and it kind of got me into technology and video games in general, so I'd say that probably had the most impact for me.
2: That's pretty cool. Sweet story yeah i don't know actually i would i have a lot of games that had an impact on me but i don't know how i would define or rather how justin would define the kind of impact he's looking for i would say that definitely the two franchises i've just mentioned onimusha and um, legacy of kane did have a huge impact on me but so did the playstation and playstation 2 era final fantasy games like for me the first final fantasy game i ever played was final fantasy 8 and i think that for many people the first final fantasy game you play is the one you love the most which is why a lot of people think that final fantasy 7 is the best final fantasy game ever um while i think final fantasy 8 has a better uh, a little bit of a better story Um, Of course, the game was broken as fuck, so (laughs) it does have its (laughs) issues, but it's uh, just uh, for nostalgia's sake one of my favorites of all time and the soundtrack and um, the characters, the visuals and using Squall as a character in the Dissidia game are all things that give me goosebumps and bring back memories of the times when I first played those games. So I would say those have a very big impact on me as well. I see. Very
0: interesting.
2: Also Darksiders, probably.
0: <laughs> you and your Darksiders love.
1: Well, someone has to.
0: <laughs> no wrong. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: AI. Um. I mean, since I'm, again, not sure um, what he's looking for from an answer, or for an answer, but, um, I mean, probably, like, um, probably one of, like, the early games, like, um, Super Mario World or like Yoshi, Yoshi's Island, since those were like basically my intro into gaming. Since I got them back when I was like three or four, so kind of that is kind of for me, kind of because it is it's it was like my start, and so so that I think that kind of makes kind of made an impact because it is kind of like where I started, and it is kind of I think it, an area I kind of look back on.
2: Actually, if I go back a little bit more in time, then um, two other games that had a huge impact on me and that I should probably mention are um, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy and, funnily enough, Goof Troop for the Super Nintendo.
0: (laughs) Dude, I remember playing Goof Troop, man. That was so good
2: my grandmother had a super nintendo entertainment system and i didn't because i we didn't have the money for it and whenever i was visiting my grandma i would play goof troop and would play it for for hours and hours and then that was still back in the day when you had to write down the passwords for the levels if you wanted to p- continue playing at a later time so I had those sheets of paper where I drew the symbols, <laughs> the bananas and the pineapples and whatever you had to put in for the code. That actually, yeah, that did have quite the huge impact on me as well.
0: Well, That sounds really fun. A lot yeah, of remind, family yeah, that, moments.
1: Yeah, because that reminds me um, back on the Super Nintendo, the big one that um, I'd always play with my brother since it was multiplayer and. You can play and you play against each other um uh, tetris attack that was always fun back in the day also a cool one yeah
2: yeah goof troop was also a co-op game uh, a multiplayer game but uh co-op in that case where you could solve the puzzles together and it, basically it was very similar to the legend of zelda games to be fair with that um fake top-down perspective and solving riddles and uh, defeating enemies by throwing things at them and such and also with unlockable gadgets so yeah pretty similar experience did someone say gadgets? <gasps> yes
0: <laughs> you don't love I a mean, good gadget
2: but what impressed me in The Legend of Zelda was again the level of detail they put into it because um, you did have some cheat codes but you actually activated them by changing your character name in a specific way, and that would affect sometimes very if- irrelevant and inconsequential details like the background music. Um, but on the other hand, when you you could go into this into the shop and steal something if you did it right, but then your name would be changed to thief, and you would be attacked by the shopkeep when you entered the store again, or if you attack too many chickens you would be attacked by chickens and killed by them and all that so uh, there was a lot of attention to little details that they didn't have to put in but they did and that was again back on the game boy not even the game Boy color so that was a very impressive game good times (laughs) so true thank you very much for asking justin again um and for bringing back
0: a lot of memories i guess yeah a lot of memories
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anything else anyone wants to say before we wrap up? I don't think so. Alrighty then. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please rate us on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcast places you can find us. Subscribe with your favorite podcast app and follow us on Twitter at DITD underscore reviews. If you have any thoughts about any of the topics we talked about today, feel free to tweet us or you can find our email in the link tree. Found in the description, which is linktr.ee dot e e forward slash d i t d. We or are production
2: and leave us a voice message. Oh, on... yeah,
0: true enough. Yeah. Anchor.fm. Uh, our group name is Devils in the Detail. We have a Steam Curator and a Discord, which you can join at discord.com forward slash invite forward slash capital M, C, capital G pxc capital u and if you want to support us as always we're on patreon.com forward slash d i t d thank you very much for spending your time listening to us until we're summoned again
2: perfect i think that does it that wraps it up
0: hooray huzzah huzzah we have a podcast